All right. Well, Craig, welcome. Uh, hope you're having a good show. And uh like it if you could just give us just a real quick introduction, a little bit of background about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kyle. Joe, appreciate it. Um, so I'm with Brown & Brown Aviation. Um, I've been an uh, underwriter for about 10 years and uh, currently a broker again. Um, I'm also a, an airline charter pilot in the past and still a current flight instructor. So, um, you know, my background's a Riddle master's degree in Western Michigan for undergrad. Um, and I've been flying for about 4,000 hours since I was 16, so. Okay, great. Quite an shorter, aviation yeah. background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Been busy. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're here to talk about insurance, um, and it's right. something that has uh, a number of complexities. There's obviously different components to insurance, and so I guess I wanted to see if you could just kind of run us through um, some things that FBOs can do now to enhance um, you know, various insurance needs, and then maybe we can dive into a couple of other topics there as well. Right. Yeah, so insurability is really important, not only for us on a day-to-day -day basis, but as regards to aviation, it's key, right? Because if you want to be able to finance your business and grow, and deliver a better customer experience, to have that growth, you need insurance and insurability so you can you know, finance that and also recover from a loss. It's an important expense on your balance sheet, but it, it brings a lot of value the more you understand it, right? So if we can educate and help people understand more about their insurability, right? And insurability, it, it really could be one of the biggest value adds in your business that you can leverage year to year. So okay. I, you know, I think there's a little bit of a shortcoming there when people don't realize that rather than just being a hassle and expense that you have to deal with every year, um, it, it's a big area that they can leverage if they would, you know, could learn more about it, so. So can you dive into that a little bit, insurability? Like, are there things that um, FBOs can do? So like, um, I know at locations I've always worked with, we try to focus on, you know, safety plans and training and training, so forth. And special rated training. Right, so, yeah, I mean, insurability, it, it comes down to, you know, the the, the simple ask is, you know, are you doing things the right way or the wrong way? I mean, that's just the number one thing underwriters are looking at, right? They want to make sure you can check the standard the standard boxes. So what does that mean? It means, are you doing the little things right? So if you can't do the little things right, you're not going to be able to do the big things right, right? Right. So three wing walkers for certain size jets and larger. You know, two maybe if it's a piston, so forth. Um, you know, out there we see a lot of, you know, uh, single operators, guys working the rain by themselves at night, right? Things like that. Um, so when you just look at the application and ask about fuel flow, tonnage, number of aircraft that come through, gross revenues and things like that, um, and those are used for rating as well, but what the underwriters are really looking for is, hey, do they do the little things right? Um, check those boxes. The complete picture. Right. You know, they're comprehensive. So when, you're, when I'm talking about doing the little things right, I mean, is parts inventory out on the floor or is it cataloged on a shelf properly and secured? Right? Um, do they have proper SMS program in place that they're actually using on a day-to-day -day basis? Right? It's not just a formality, right? Um, and then all the other little things in between, you know, do they have a checklist for fueling an aircraft? Are they, you know, are they using the proper safety measures, whether it's vests or lighted wands and things, or even preventing damage to the airplane in any way? So chalking the tires on the fuel truck and things like that. And that all starts with the training, right? And, and that first day of training should really emphasize the safety culture. And I think that's the biggest area that, where they can improve is the safety culture. Do you put a lot of storage in ISBA, ISBAO? Yeah, I mean, certain SMS. Certainly. Now, that's not the end all be all. No. You know, it is very important, but it's definitely, you know, factored in. It's 
hey, here are the three things we're doing or pursuing, you know, that make us worthy for the best insurability rates and capacity, right? Because the other part is convincing brokers and underwriters to you know, fight to give you the best limits and coverages as well. You know, why do you deserve the best limits and coverages compared to everybody else? You know, you might have, um, you know, several of those coverages missing if you're not doing things right, because you're not deserving them, right? And so we want to help educate, like, hey, if you could check these boxes, do these things right, then, you know, you're going to be able to acquire those coverages and limits, which will help you win more business, bids, awards, and things like that. And so, I mean, it's really an end-to-end -end concept that, you, like I said, you can leverage if you focus on the training and doing the little things right, and, you know, it completes that long process. So, I mean, the technology where that's going to come in with software like X1's doing you know, it's aggregating all that information so they don't have to chase that information off. It's centralized, right? Yeah. So the key word there being centralization, you've got one place where, you know, the employee has one key point to go to to get all the information he needs versus chasing now pilots for it, talking on the radio, you know, and being spread too thin. And distractions. Right. Yeah. Which leads to distractions. And now the whole Swiss cheese model lines up, right? And yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, I mean, you touched on technology. I mean, can you dive into that maybe just a little bit more? I know that you're trying to uh, obviously capture more intel, and it's obviously great for the operator. So, like, are there things that they can do and, you know, benefit, you know, the, the insurance renewals when that time comes? Yeah, so, so aviation insurability is still archaic a little bit in a way that they're not capturing all the data they can. It's expensive and time-consuming to do that. So it's still a very manual underwriting process. So using technology and leveraging it to capture that data in a consolidated report that you can share, not only for your business, but for your insurability, right? I mean, it's a win-win. I don't see a downside to it at all. So if you're making underwriter's job easier, and like on some applications, you have this Bayo checkbox, you know, perhaps you're gonna have, hey, do you have FBO management software? Do you have one of these three platforms that you're using? And if that can be integrated into ensure, you know, the, the renewal process, Okay, it makes underwriters' job very easy to make a quick decision. Say, yeah, I want to pursue this business. I want to fight for it. Versus, I'm not even going to pick up the phone to call and consider it. Right. So, um, when 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 we see FBOs out there that don't want to embrace the change, right? Change is constant. We all know that. Um, they're putting themselves behind. So they're not going to qualify for the best rates, and they're not going to drive that change for each other. Um, and it's really how they can be a leader of the pack and compete with one another, right? So you want to be the most competitive um, and have the best service offering. Everyone's very picky about what FPOs they like to get to, you know, for good reason. So I think the ones that harness technology, invest in it, I mean, they're going to see that growth in business. They're going to see the wins come through. They're going to be competitive moving forward. And they're going to be insurable for a lot longer to come. I mean, insurance companies are looking for long-term relationships. So they don't want to see, a, you know, apply a move year over year you know, being consistent. So if the technology can drive that consistency for them, um, it's only going to help keep their rates down and have a bit long-term partnerships. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge um, digital fan. I like to go paperless. I just think it makes the operations a little bit uh, more efficient. And uh, one of the things you touched on with like parts, just as an example of being sure. cluttered or on the floor. I mean, I think that, you know, if people keep those things in mind, 
that it goes a long way. You know, it, it doesn't just affect your operations, but it has an impact on other aspects of the business, right? You know, it affects, you know, safety initiatives and make sure that your operations running uh, smoothly and so forth. So I just think having a clean house, you know, for lack of a better word, all the way around. Yeah, removing adds hazards. A, yeah. You know, identifying and removing hazards and having a system. And as you said, keep the system recurring. Don't yeah. just put things in place. Make sure that someone has oversight of it and maintains oversight and leadership from the top. Right. So yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. I mean, you can, on a visit, see if the house is put together or not and everything's been cut. Does everyone have matching uniforms? Do they wear their safety equipment the same way? Do they have a process of checking it in and out? And that starts at the top. And are they taking a professional approach to what they're doing? Right, exactly. So you can you know, pick apart operation pretty fast. Within five or 10 minutes, these underwriters are making a decision you know, about, do I want to pursue this any further? And that's yep. the first look they get. Um, they also can dig deep, like you go on AirNav, you have to find out about FBOs and things. And the proactive ones are out there managing that reputation across all the platforms. So they've, they're doing the right things no matter where they're found out, right? And so um, they're also proactive in keeping that clean house. They're also like, okay, what could go on? Let's study what we can get ahead of and what are we going to do to mitigate yeah, mitigate problems. Right. So a big one lately is the hangar foaming, right? And then a lot of inadvertent deployments. And some of them are totally preventable, right? So pressure washing aircrafts and hangars, right? And pressure washing the tail by the sensor, it's going to set it off. Um, just keep more educated about things like that. And, and taking our time, it's slowing down. This is one of the more interesting things. And everyone's moving so fast on the ramp. Our go, go, go culture these days with our phones and our digital world. Um, the technology needs to be able to help them constructively be efficient without rushing the process, putting the operation at risk for further loss, so. Okay, yeah. that was great. What would you say are the top risks in an FBO that can be easily mitigated by the FBO team? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, the, the top two are misfuelings, right? Yeah. Um, you unfortunately hear about it at least once a year. Wrong type of fuel put in the wrong type of aircraft, uh, or it's under low lead or jet A, and uh, you know it leads to fatalities, right? Um, and the second I would probably say, of course, is the hangar rash. Um, so damaging aircraft, um, and third-party bodily injury, property damage. So not just the aircraft itself. What else is it harming? Property damage to the hangar, injuring an employee, injuring guests, right? Maybe damaging the pavement or the infrastructure itself in other ways. Um, so those two areas, I think, are a big focus. There's not really an excuse for misfuelings, right? That's on the pilot and the operator, you know, the FBO, checking the receipts, you know, checking the order. It should be checked probably, I would say, at least six times before you even have to sample it from the airplane. Make sure you got the right type of fuel. Yeah. Because a lot of pilots aren't even noticing it on their gauges until right after takeoff, and then it's too late. So I'd say those two areas are our top spots for underwriters. We're trying to remediate what we call the commercial general liability or FBL portfolio because unfortunately out there, there's a squeeze on some resources, there's profit margins can be thin. And so where do they cut costs? Typically it might be labor or some other area that they're running too thin on. And it just, it leads to those losses. So staff turnover. Yeah. Keep your staff, keep the good ones, train them well, keep up with current training and Keep the really professional guys and girls there. 
Yeah. Don't, don't let them go. Keep them because they'll keep your hanger and your ramp safe. Right, and pay them above market rate before you lose them. Yeah, exactly. It's too late. And we've, we've done several visits like that before. We helped deliver those hard truths as con mm -hmm. insurance consultants. But, you know, underwriters also appreciate that as well because we've got to bring them the risk and give them the straight story about it. And, uh, you know, we want to be able to leverage your story with them. Um, so, you know, embracing the technology, it just leads to more positives around. There's a lot of concern about the job security, I think you mentioned. Yep. Yeah. Um, it, could also, it could also enhance it in a way, right? You know, um, if, if it shouldn't be used, you know, as a tool or a function to just cut costs solely, right? But to make things safer first, and then we can look to become more efficient later and see how far we can test the limits, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the way we kind of see it. Yeah, the, the expense cutting, I mean, obviously there's certain times for it that um, I think sometimes people go about it the wrong way. Oh, for the wrong reasons? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, personnel is usually one of the, again, there's, there's certainly times for it, but maybe not always the best um, decision yeah. <laughs> you know, that but, somebody can make. Yeah, if you study so. the losses and you look at the interviews, alignment and things like that they're often you know in some circumstances they were working at night on a 18-hour shift bad weather and they're tired and have rests um again back to the safety culture right and, and they it's no wonder that a mistake was made and a loss happened because they weren't taken care of properly <laughs> i discussed this with kyle earlier on today and my, my first instance of insurance being called in and Tow driver had showed tail end of a 603, 604 into a uh, wall. But he'd been working 17 and a half hours and he hadn't been properly trained and there was no supervision. So he's not the one to be fired, shouldn't be. That CEO is the man who right. carries the can. Right. That's exactly right. And I mean, we're, I mean, we're saying that's a pretty consistent theme out there, actually. So, I mean, we, we see it more often than not. I mean, which is unfortunate, but it's a reality of you know, the way things are working in the market. You know, it's led to this labor shortage, which yep. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you find that pretty ironic because like, well, what did you expect? I mean, it started that trend over here and yes. this is the result. Yeah. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And then, so we can use that technology, product like X1, drive the safety culture first. You know, we can convert that into our data that we can share and everyone can learn from and then we could drive efficiency later, but just do it in the right way, yep. right? Don't rush the process, so. Yeah. yeah, I think people are probably one of the most important aspects of insurance, yeah, know, at least when it comes good. to general liability. I mean, it's one of the more important yeah, aspects. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good, staff will, good yeah. staff will keep a good safety culture there, prevent accidents. Yeah. Talk about um, at least your initial reviews with new clients or somebody that you haven't visited in a while. I've been into a couple of locations where um, they're either under or overinsured on various aspects and or they might not have things like pollution insurance, for example. So how do you go about, you know, doing your initial reviews? Obviously, you want to see what their limits are, but how, how do you right size that and get a good sure. uh, understanding of the operations? Well, it's a, it's a top-down analysis. So we start with the big picture and work our way smaller, right? So in a comprehensive analysis, we have basically every insurance product has to be offered, right? And that's so we can avoid, you know, an error and omission happening. Similar, you know, we know it's perfect in an insurance, you have the same mistakes that can happen, 
right? Um, just like they do at the FPO operation. So you want to avoid those errors and emissions. And one way we do that is with a comprehensive analysis or policy reviews, we call them, we check a box for every product that could be offered saying, hey, you know, you might want to rethink about not purchasing your war insurance because to you, the word war implies that, oh, I'm not going to have a war type event, my local FBO in the middle of Kansas, it doesn't really apply to me. However, there's a key phrase in war coverage that says acts of malicious intent are covered by war. So if your aircraft is confiscated, if you have an active shooter situation on premises, that's going to fall under the war coverage, right? So it's an education and a consulting process too to say, here's what this truly means. You take time to read it, which often doesn't happen. So we give them the quick rundown of, you know, are we, are we checking the most important items that form the foundation? One of those examples being war coverage, which is, I bring that up because it's the most misunderstood, okay? Um, so in doing that top-down analysis, we also look at like average payouts for certain revenue classes of business. At least one have a minimum limit of five times your revenue. And if that number is too large, we consider a limit that's, you know, within your cost structure and budget, but also in line with your peers. Because if it's not in line with your peers, you're not going to be able to compete on winning that new business, maintenance contracts, MRO deals, and things like that. So um, we also bring in other teammates that are more educated than us on other lines. So we're partnering up with them, not just on the aviation insurance, but the benefits and the property and pollution. Like you said, we have specialists in each division for that. Cybersecurity is a big one, right? Um, FPOs are gonna be more exposed than ever with you know, who's coming and going, what tail numbers, what passenger manifest data is in there. Yeah. And that information can all be stolen. So there's gonna be new challenges that arise out of embracing the technology, making it more efficient. When we go through that underwriting process, we're essentially doing a pre-underwriting for the underwriters, right? That's what a broker's job really is. Um, and making sure that, you know, the client truly understands what's going into the process and that we uncover everything. And some things they often don't even see in their own operation. They have no idea that, hey, we had a big exposure there. Maybe we shouldn't pressure wash aircraft in the hangar. Maybe we, we should, exclusively only do that outside or hire it out or, you know, and vice versa. So it's a pretty drawn out process, um, a complete policy review. Um, you know, we're pretty thorough with it. And we put a written explanation out there um, with certain disclosures and everything so that there's no surprises, right? So what you'll find within a portfolio like ours is every client gets the same treatment, regardless of how big or small, we check the same boxes so that, you know, when they talk or there's, and they compare, there's, there's no surprises. And carriers don't want that either. Carriers don't want surprises. They want consistent underwriting and renewals, okay? And no one wants to find out that they're paying 25% more than someone else, right? Everyone should be within 10 to 20% of each other in terms of limits, capacity, supplemental coverage offerings, and price. So that's, that's the short of it. Okay, that's great. Yeah, well summed up. Yeah. We've learned a lot here, but yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean, it's an important subject. And like I said, I mean, I think that sometimes it gets passed over, but just, I mean, it definitely needs to be dealt with. So uh, they, seen, it all ties off of one of those. I've seen occasions where the wrong people in an FBO are making the decisions on the insurance. Yep. And for the wrong reasons. And as you say, just looking at the bottom line, that doesn't tell you what you're covered for and what you're not covered for. Yeah, and you often ask them, like, what keeps you up at night? What's the one type of loss that really makes you uneasy that you're worried about? And um, some of them haven't thought about it. And the more they do, we can help them try and understand those different losses. And we say, well, 
Here's what we've seen in the past year in the market, right? I mean, insurance companies will tell you if you ask. But you gotta ask the questions, you gotta understand what's been happening, you gotta communicate. So I think by partnering up with, you know, companies like X1, different carriers, consultants like yourself, right? We can really say, hey, let's have a discussion about it and get ahead of it, <laughs> and everyone wins in the end, yeah. right? It's, things are safer, and when that safety culture arrives, those efficiencies arrive, that's what ultimately drives your rates down. Yep. Yeah. Right? The whole supply and demand balance. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to take a, everyone trying to understand and work together to make that happen. And, you know, we might, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but for 2022, sometimes it seems like we're a little behind in that process and embracing the, the change that comes with technology, right? Yeah. yeah let's get oh, on yes, board. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of resistance in some quarters to change on technology. But on the insurance front, it does seem that what you're saying, the first thing an FEO should do is understand what they're actually looking for. Right. And with people like Brown and Brown, it's a case of we'll explain to you the consequences of not having more for Right. And so, and I mean, look, it's, it's helping them understand, but it's, are you finding a lot of that resistance is in the cost portion of it? Or is it just a lack of understanding? I found over the years that it's more resistance in the cost, people making a decision on the cost, and not actually understanding what they're getting as a policy. Oh, I've got hanger keepers, well then that's it. Of course, it's not enough. Sure. So if the accountant is the guy who's, or girl who's going after the insurance renewal that they're investigating in, they may not be the best person to be making the decisions that should come from the GM down, but also with the GM, with the FBO manager, and maybe bring in supervisors and find out where have we got deficiencies, where have we got risks, where can we mitigate them, can we go for a particular training program that makes us a better risk for the insurers, that takes out some of the, the dangers. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised too that often interviews and what some of my colleagues will tell you, and I Rather than underwriting based just off the application, you know, you go for a site visit and you meet um, and there, you know, there's a lot of judgment going on there. And what's funny is we often, after the meeting, separate ourselves from just talking with the management team. Yeah. Go talk to the frontline guys. What's the Absolutely. one thing you would change? Yeah. Are you happy here? What can be done better? What would you change? You're the one working the day to day. What do you recommend? Um, and I would say there's, I wouldn't say the majority do that. So I, you know, I'd say that's probably less than 25% of, you know, the side visits we've had is, you know, management's now listening to that, you know, that frontline. Whether you could do it via anonymous survey, you can make it a part of the discussion. There's different ways to handle it, of course, but um, I think that's another one way to start. You know, mm -hmm. Understanding, hey, what, what am I not seeing out there that everybody else is, right? So you said before you can walk into a hangar and in 10 minutes, have a fair idea where this is going. How well is this shop being run? Yeah. yeah. Like in one real life example we had just recently, I mean, we were given the tour of the facility, but then we were taken for the final portion of the meeting, taken back into a stock room with, you know, poor lighting and again, inventory on the floor and things like that. And, you know, they wanted to have the final discussions in there and it just wasn't <laughs> practical, right? Um, and, well, they came out with it and they said, hey, look, we're not looking to be the, you know, the best and the safest, but we're going to, you know, work on it and try and get it. So, 
talking and the talk is one thing, walking into it, that's different, right? So. Well, thank you very much. I mean, yeah. I think it's, you know, great info and, um, you know, I think hopefully some folks can take some little tidbits away from this and, um, you know, maybe focus a little bit of effort on insurance and insurability and, you know, some of those key points that you touched on. Yeah, right. Understanding it's important and then we'll help later translate that into cost savings and rate sets, right? Yeah, Which is, absolutely. that's the big question everybody wants answered. And unfortunately, it's not that simple. There's a lot of understanding and, you know, I think hopefully we today at least shed a little bit of light on you know, how to understand that process. Yeah. And the connection uh, to employees. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Technology doesn't have to be a bad thing and take away from the employees, right? Um, so I'm confident we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, we, we, we enjoyed time, it. Kyle. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll see you out on the floor. Sounds great. All right. All right, we'll see you.